Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, well, I, had, I had a long chat with Wayne, you know, like for a long time, and he said, mate, if you were if you were the age you were, they would have told you to piss off, like go back in the train and shut up, you know, just get back on with it. So, um, like he was completely understanding of the whole situation. I, I didn't really want to leave, but it's just so I had to do it. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Bryson Goodwin, former Cronulla Shark, Canterbury Bulldog, and South Sydney Rabbitoh. Obviously, the son of rugby league legend Ted Goodwin. Uh, Bryson talks about his childhood growing up with a famous father in rugby league. Uh, he moved around quite a lot from Parks uh, over to WA, back to Guy Mere, uh, played his junior footy at the Guy Mere Gorillas, and made his way through the Cronulla Sharks' first grade system. Was handed his debut by Ricky Stewart. Uh, Jimmy Dimmick was the one that provided him. Uh, a bit of a rap to get him in there. That's a pretty funny story. Uh, some some choice last words for Bryson from Jimmy Dibbink, a champion of our game. Uh, he moved over to Canterbury after that, made his New Zealand debut, uh, did really good things at Canterbury, was sensational, moved to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, was part of their squad that won the 2014 Premiership. Bryson, of course, didn't play in that game. You can, you can tell that it still hurts him. Yeah, um, as you can imagine, extremely tough watching your side win a Premiership from the sideline. Uh, Bryson goes, in depth on that one of these stories that you don't really hear very often and I've got to respect Bryson for his raw honesty uh, didn't hide away from anything was completely honest and it was fantastic uh, then went over to England for a couple of years had a sensational time over there he gives a really good insight into some guys like Blake Austin Ben Murdoch Masilla in particular a guy we're all really excited for in the NRL this year I'm extremely excited for him and Bryson told me exactly what I wanted to hear about him, which is even more exciting. Uh, he then returned to the South Sydney Rabbitohs under Wayne Bennett. Uh, COVID hit, and it just all went to shit for Bryson. Um, he had to take a massive pay cut, which he touches on, and then the opportunity came for him to go to the Cronulla Sharks and finish his career where it started um, down at Cronulla. And I really enjoyed this chat with Bryson, a champion fellow, very down to earth. He's one of those guys, a bit of a journeyman, been around a number of clubs, but wherever he was, he just did a solid job and didn't let anyone 
one down around him. A champion bloke, let's kick it off. Bryson, welcome on, mate. How are we? I'm great, thank you. How are you, mate? Yeah, all going well, mate. What are you uh, What are you doing with yourself this year? Not too much, to be honest. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about going to play down the coast. I'm still making my mind up if I wanted to go and play over in England. Um, it's just a bit going on over there at the moment, so I've got a club or two chasing me over there, but I'm just still pretty unsure if I want to go um, right at this minute. So, mate, just cruising around and just having fun with the kids and enjoying life right now. I imagine they're uh, keeping your hands full. Oh, yeah, mate. Busy. Every, every night there's something on. Tag, soccer, uh, running, everything, mate. But, no, they're good. You can't live without them. You've been uh, applying your trade on the Oztag fields as well? Yeah, mate. Been been having a few games of Oztag. It's uh, just having some fun down there. There's always, oh, you know, there's a few people that get down there and have a bit of fun with you as well. But that's all, mate. I guess if I didn't play and someone did, I'd do the same thing maybe. So, this is what, just how it is. Take the compliment, I guess. That's pretty much it, isn't it? It's a compliment when they do it. <laughs> Mate, take me back to your childhood. Obviously, you're the son of a you know rugby league legend, Ted Goodwin. What 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 are your what are your first memories of growing up with him? Dad, uh, memories of Dad we were we were out in parks, mate. So uh, growing up out there, it was just it was country footy, but I was very young. Um, so I had, and then we moved to WA. Would have been four or five, you know. So we played footy over there. So memories of Dad is just. He was always coaching us or just like helping us out and that, mate. But mum did a lot for us, especially for footy. And then I had an older brother who was, who was, um, uh, he was, he was like way older than me, you know. So he coached me all the way through our juniors and that. But back to dad, it's probably just, I don't know, the one you always see around grand final time, him scoring his try, uh, try and knocking himself out and that, you know, I just see that all the time. It's one hell a of a of try, older. mate. That's a great try, it is. Um, a lot of older people always still come up to you and speak to you about it, and that, mate. So they see how good he was in that. So it's good to see some old footage that gets out there now on social media and that because we still haven't seen a lot of it. So it's good to see. Mate, when you were growing up over in Perth, was there much uh, rugby league doing over there? Well, you know what? There was. We had a good competition. Um, we had, there was a lot of the boys actually played, came through and played in the NRL. Had, um, Daniel Holdsworth came over and played. He played at the Bulldogs. So we grew up playing against him. Um, John Green played for St George and that we were in the same team at, at our junior club there and then had my brother Bronx uh, Lee Tamari played at the Bulldogs we all went to school together in the same school and that so we had a few come and came through it was a pretty strong comp you know so it was good mate you just mentioned uh, your brother Bronx he, uh, he seems to know his way around a good time <laughs> Yeah, he does. You just got to be careful when you're with him. <laughs> I saw him down in Jerringong a few weeks ago, mate. He was enjoying himself. <laughs> was he? Oh, he told me he doesn't drink anymore. Oh, I, I don't know if he was drinking, <laughs> but he was enjoying himself. I know that. <laughs> yeah, 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 mate. He must have, you dubbed him in. No, he's good, mate. He's, he's all right. He's got to keep a close eye on him. Mate, obviously, when you turn back from Perth, you're playing your junior footy for the uh, Guy Me Gorillas. Um, going down and play them, those those green kits, they're just they're, they're so unique, aren't they? <laughs> Oh, man, and it seems a lot of people know about the guy me gorillas too. I love going down there and watching my kids play down there now at the moment too. So I want to coach an under 10 team down there this year, which will be good. So I love trying to put back into the to the junior club that sort of helped me when I first got over to Sydney as well. You know, they helped me become the player I am because it was sort of a step up coming from Perth and then 
I moved over here and then I paid with Guy Mayer and they were really helpful to me. So I'm glad the kids are there now. And it's a, it, it is a good club and they look after the juniors really well. Mate, how did you make that first transition from Guy Mir to getting into the shark system? Oh, mate, it was funny, actually. The best thing for me, you know, was I went to Endeavour Sports High. Um, I was only pretty little as a kid and then all of a, I moved over to Sydney, went to Endeavour and then next minute I just sort of shot up and, and, and grew a whole heap, you know, and then played in the Arrival Life Cup. Um, played pretty good and you get a bit of exposure. Um, so I was at one minute I was out going here and then uh, it was one day I got a call off. I went and had Cronulla rang me to come have a game down there um, just because I think the season was a bit short or something like you know and then I went down there played a game at Cronulla um, within like a week I had St George rang me and then it, to come join them for the next season and I think they were just St George at the time but then within like either way around it was either St George called first and Cronulla called called next um within, I reckon, 20 minutes asking me to come down and play for them too. So it's sort of like they caught wind of each other and then I thought, oh, no, I'll join Cronulla. It was down the road and my older brother Bronx was there. So, mate, that shit, it just all sort of happened pretty quickly. Was your old man trying to push the uh, red V on you? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't even think he knew they had called me. I was sort of – that was my decision. So he didn't me to go do anything like St. George or anything like that, mate. So – um, no, I was happy I went to Cronulla. Mate, obviously, uh, 2007, at the back end of the season, you make your debut. Um, I believe you were coming off a, a pretty long-term injury, weren't you? It was pretty funny, you know. Um, I, broke, I broke my leg. I don't even know when it was, mid-season, and weeks out. And they go, oh, you I sort of... Remember, Jimmy Dimmick was our reserve grade coach, and he just says, oh, you play half, half a game this week, stand on the bench, and I was like, I said, what are you doing? Hey, so you did that. And then so I played half a game. And then the next week, a few boys come up to me at training. And they're like, oh, are you playing this week? I said, I don't know. Because I was training in the afternoon. So I've got no idea. And then we just training on the field. And then I see Ricky Stewart and the media guy walking over to me. And I just, yeah, they came and told me that I was playing. So it was just, it just sort of, sort of I don't know, because we had two games left in the season. If they just wanted to see how it go or something like that. But. It was a funny story. Jimmy Dimmick goes to me, um, I helped you get in there. He goes, don't fuck up me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty funny, man. Like, he, he was a good bloke. He's a big help for me too, Jimmy. Yeah, I um, I was coached by his brother, Milton, when I was 15 or 16. They're a champion family. Yeah, they are. He's a good wrestler, Milton. Oh, mate, he, he, used to, <laughs> he, he used to pin me in half a second, but even the big Polynesian <laughs> boys, he would sort them out very quickly. Yeah, I know. I've seen him do it at training. We had him, had him in a couple of times. Oh, mate, as a 15-year-old, I was fucking terrified of him. <laughs> mate, obviously, uh, Ricky Stewart there hands you your debut jersey. Um, how was your first interaction with Ricky Stewart? Obviously, quite a uh, intimidating character in rugby league. Oh, mate, it was cool. You know, I, I, I loved playing under Ricky and that. Uh, uh, when I came out of Jersey Flag, he actually tried to sign me to, to go to the Roosters. And I, I didn't end up going. But I went to St. George and I, um, after... Um, after Jersey Flag, and I, I, did, I just, I just didn't fit in down there. I didn't, I didn't like it, and that you know, like, I, I was still playing good. Like I remember one week I scored four or five tries in reserve grade. The next week I was dropped, and I was like, oh, "What's going on here?" You know, I don't, don't know what's happened. So by the end of the season, I, I don't know what happened. Something happened. I just rang Ricky Stewart and said, "Oh, can, do you mind if I come back and play?" You know, and he goes, "Yeah, sweet, come to training tomorrow." So I got the release from the St George. I went. They were happy to let me go, and then I ended up playing first grade that year. So, um, 
I was happy I went back to Sticky and that, mate. I loved his coaching and that too, so it was good. Mate, two other guys I'm really interested about in this side. Obviously, they were both very young, but uh, the Bash brothers, you had Greg Bird and Paul Gallen. Uh, what was it yeah. like playing with these two at a young age? I imagine Birdie must have been an experience. Oh, he was, mate. But I, I was just, I was sort of starstruck when I sort of come out, you know, like, I'd watch Birdie play all those years, you know, and I, just, I was just coming in. And, but it was good playing behind him because, you know, they'd never take a backward step. They're those type of guys, you know, them two would never take a backward step and they'd always get the team going forward and, be aggressive and well the, the history speaks for itself you know so it turned out to be both unreal players and legends so it's, it was great mate the other one I want to ask you about is Brett Kamali obviously uh, when you arrived there 10 years earlier he'd already won his you know Clive Churchill he'd won the premiership with Melbourne um, a guy that probably cops a little bit more criticism than I think he deserves in rugby league circles uh, yeah. what was it like playing with BK well, mate, I love playing with Noddy he, um, he was unreal I like I said, I was I grew up watching Noddy and that, you know, and just like I just I think you're right when you said he cops too much criticism. I actually played Ostag to Bright and he was he was down there like so I still see him a fair bit. Um, his daughter actually works at my kindergarten now, so still keeping close contact with Noddy. Mate, he was unreal. When I joined the dogs he was there too, so we did, um I sort of knew him there, mate, and he was unreal. He, he hit at the Bulldogs, mate, he was he was unreal for the club. I think people forget too earlier in his career, like they they moved Joey to dummy half to accommodate Brett Kamali in the side. Essentially, he did. I, um, he played halfback. Yeah, and Joey was in the nine. He had that. I like his style of attack, that flat style of attack that um, Noddy had. But like you said, he got he got criticised sometimes. But you think maybe sometimes some players couldn't adapt to the way he played and that. But as well, mate, his, his history speaks for itself. Uh, grand final victories um, played for Australia and yourself out everything you know so obviously you said you had a pretty good relationship with Ricky Stewart um, how did it come about that you had to leave the Cronulla Sharks you arrive at Canterbury how, how did it come about uh, well I don't know well, I, I played the first seven games of that season um, and, and then I didn't play again for sort of I didn't get picked there I thought I was playing pretty good and then I I don't know what happened, mate. Um, but got picked. I didn't play again that season. And then Jimmy Dimmick was actually going back to the Bulldogs too. So it was yeah, Jimmy again, sort of. I'm pretty sure he had something to do with it. And then they called, mate. Sticky said, he goes, mate, I'm happy that you're going to the Bulldogs. They're a great club because he was involved there. So, mate, um, yeah, I was, I was, well, it worked out good for me anyway. Well, mate, you arrive at Canterbury. You score uh, two meat pies in your first game. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that because I think we had about, oh, it would have been about seven or eight um, new players in that team. I think they got the wooden spoon the year before and Sonny had just walked out. So they had a big turnover of players, a club like, trying to move forward. And, and I think that, that season we did unbelievable. I think uh, they were pretty unlucky not to play in that grand final in that, that year. General Luke Patton got knocked out in the first hit-up of that semi-final. I scored a try and got kneed in the head, knocked out, knocked out as well as out cold. So we lost our back three like within the first five six minutes of the game. So it wasn't like a good start, but anyway, mate, that was one hell of a game. Oh yeah, mate. I actually seen it the other day. Joel, Joel Reddy was over the other day, and and the game was actually on Foxtel. Um, and the kids are in there watching it though, and they were laughing, and I was on the floor knocked out. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But I remember the build-up for that game and the hype all around the game. I was pretty much, um, I wish I remembered a bit more of it because I was concussed and that, but I can remember the build-up and 
and like running out and stuff. I mean, half of the fans, uh, the Canterbury fans, were one side, the other half were the Eels, and it was sold out, mate. It was just, it was unbelievable, actually. It was like a UFC fight. Like the lead up to it was unbelievable. Like if you if you didn't know it was a semi final, you would have assumed it was the grand final. It was it was like no semi final I've seen. It was pretty much a, just like I said, just watching it, seeing it the other day, seeing some highlights. The start of it was pretty brutal as well. I think Benny Hannett hit Fui and Jamal Edges come out hit hit Fui as well. But you know, mate, it was it was a good game and the build up was it was like it was almost like it could have almost been the grand final, you know, but. Yeah, I think Jared Hayne was on fire that year, and he took he pretty much he carried Parramatta a lot. Like they had a great team, but Hayne was on fire, like some of the best one you've ever seen. So, mate, you mentioned there Joel Reddy, obviously uh, your brother-in-law. Now, during that game, was he your brother-in-law at that point? Yeah, my sister and him were together. Yeah, they were living together in that. So, um, I'm pretty sure they weren't married then. Don't know, but um, yeah, no, so I knew him pretty well, and I was I was I would have tried to get him for sure. <laughs> were you um were you stoked when you found out that uh that your sister was dating one of the boys from footy at first or what? Yeah, I see. I didn't even I didn't even know that he, he was just there one day, you know. But uh, getting to know Joel and that mate, he's he's a, he's a top bloke. You probably you couldn't ask for a better better guy. A guy you know, he's not the um typical footy guy that some people outside of footy would think a football player is. Not one of them guys, you know. He's like he's a real good, good bloke and down to earth and everything, you know, mate. So he's good, mate. Tell me about your uh, dummy half in this side, Michael Ennis. Um, obviously, <laughs> one of the leaders at this club. There has to be some stories here. Oh, uh, Mick, mate. You can speak to anybody that's actually met Mick, and and they'll say, oh man, I, I hated when he played for another club, or he looks like an idiot. But and then he he plays for your football club, where you actually meet him outside of footy. He's, He's dead set one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet as well, you know. And he's someone that you need to um, you need in your team or at, at your club. You can speak to any of the Cronulla boys, and the reason why they won that grand final was if I, don't, I reckon if Mick wasn't there, they were half a chance of not winning. Like, right, just being at the club and leading those boys around there, mate. He, um, a lot of them, what they say and what they yeah, what they've said about him, the way he carried himself, he was un- unreal. 2012 rolls around and your fullback he has one hell of a season Benny Barber yeah mate um, Benny was probably the best natural footballer I've ever played with ever seen playing that you know like it was sad to see to see the things that happened with him and that but with that aside his football talent um, it was unbelievable mate he just it was just like he's playing out in the park and had all the skills the strength and everything in the Obviously, the speed to score tries and do whatever you know, so it was, it was great, mate. I remember uh, the summer of 2012. I was playing touch footy at um at at Heffron, and we were playing against John O'Wright and Joel Romolo, and yep. they only had five. You needed seven on the field, and I remember okay. we scored two or three. And and all John O'Wright kept saying was, "He's coming. He's running late. He's coming. He's coming." And then this car pulled up. <laughs> And Benny Barber got out, and oh my god, he absolutely blitzed us. He was just on another <laughs> level. Yeah, mate, mate, he is honestly. He's just like I said. He was probably just like he was playing park footy, and just enjoying himself. Even when he went over to England, some of the boys, I remember some of the boys saying, "Oh, because I think he went over, played the back end of one season, maybe 2017." And like, oh, there was so much talk about him. What sort of talk about? What are you talking about? And then, um. He ended up. I think the next season he won Man of Steel. 
he was untouched. It was worth just saying that he was worth five tries a game. I said that's that's what they're talking about right right there. This, the five tries per game he was um, worth to that club. Mate, I, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I imagine there wouldn't be many fellas that would go Dally M into uh, Man of Steel award. Pretty impressive. That is, yeah. I've never actually thought of that, but um, yeah, there wouldn't be too many, I'd assume, yeah. Mate, obviously in that Canterbury side, um, they sort of revolutionised the way that forwards attacked through Des Hasler. I mean, you had your Sam Cassianos, your Tolmans, your James Graham, your Eastwoods, all these ball-playing front rowers. It must have been a really exciting time to be in that side. Yeah, all well, it was. I think you had James Graham, it was his first year maybe, and then you had Greg Eastwood, I think. He was undervalued in that team. Like, he, he was unreal with his ball skills and, and everything, you know, and then you had Cassiano playing unreal as well. So you had all them boys. I, I remember that year I ruptured my spleen, so I missed a huge chunk. I was out for about 13 weeks. Um, I missed a huge chunk of it, but I, I watched a lot and was still around the team, so it was good to see. Mate, I imagine that injury mustn't have been fun. Yeah, no, it was pretty. There wasn't too much in it either, you know. It was just just a little bump, and then next minute, I was in the back of an ambulance. I was I was thankful for the nurse at the Bulldogs because she wouldn't let me go. Uh, someone else said something. She goes, "No way, he's gone home in an ambulance. He's not. There's something else wrong with him, you know." Because I was so dizzy and almost fainting and that, and then next minute, I passed out, had a seizure, and that like on the way to hospital, and then just rushed into surgery and had it all fixed. But yeah, that was pretty scary. Jesus, that's an experience. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't fun at all. No, <laughs> mate. Obviously, um, you had that injury, so you, you you missed the back end of the season. Canterbury go all the way to the grand final. Uh, they come up against the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater just go out there and do their thing. An incredible for uh, performance. What was the feel around the camp in the week leading up to that game? It was good, mate. It was. Um, well, we we're very confident that we could go out there and beat. Beat uh, Melbourne. I'm pretty sure the boys beat Melbourne during the year in that. So, but obviously, we got Cooper Cameron Cameron's very slowly in that, in that team. Um, and they'd all been there before and done that sort of thing. So, mate, that not all way down probably is Immortals and that, you know, they're pretty good players. Um, there's no shame in losing to them in the grand final. Mate, before we move on from Canterbury, I've simply got to ask you what was your weirdest experience with uh, Desi Hasler? Um, honestly, don't know. I just, I only used to tell a lot of like his sense of humour was pretty, pretty weird. I think from what I can remember, um, yeah, he just had like this weird sense of humour and that. But mate, the way seeing him, the way he coached and and that, it was like it was a good experience. And like there was no wonder like most clubs that he coaches that have done really well. And obviously, while you're at Canterbury as well, another special moment that I, I sort of brushed over, you make your Kiwis debut in 2009. You score two tries on debut, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Kearney calling me during the year and he just said, well, to be, I thought I should have maybe been playing in the city-country game that year and then I didn't get picked for that. And I was like, oh, that's okay. And then, um, uh, yeah, Steve Kearney rings me and just goes, do you want to play for New Zealand? I said, oh, yeah, 100%. If you ask me if I want to play for New Zealand, well, of course I do. Um, so I chose that. And then, yeah, got to go to England on tour. And we yeah, scored two on debuts against Tonga. And then we played in the Four Nations. And that was unreal. And it was a great experience. Once again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I imagine there wouldn't be many guys that their father played for Australia, their son represented New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, I think Dad was the first Maori to play for, for Australia. So um, he was that, and then, yeah, and then I just, well, 
So I got the call and asked to play for New Zealand and and then like getting to represent the Maoris last year in the All Stars was unreal as well. That was one of the best experiences I've had in my whole career. Can I ask you just off topic? I'm just interested to hear your opinion. Obviously, uh, the New Zealand Warriors they um, they haven't allowed their Maori players to represent in the All Stars this year, getting them ready for a, for the, their preseason. Which I understand that side of the argument. Where do you sit on it, mate? Like I imagine the way that I'm looking at it, it's sort of like you know, for for yeah. the Maori boys. I imagine this is close to their state of origin. Like I I think it's a bit of a tough call on those boys. What what are your thoughts? Hundred percent agree. Right. I didn't even think of it like that. It is like the state of origin for these boys, isn't it? It's like, um, mate, it's a great honour. And, and the game in the whole week in itself is unbelievable. It's so much fun and there's so much passion in that in the game. And I, I think you can see well, when you watch on TV or if you've been to the actual game how good it is. Um, those boys would be disappointed that, they wouldn't, um, that they're not allowed to play in the game, yeah. Is, uh, is a Maori jersey the most meaningful jersey you've put on for you? Mate, it was like, like I said, I, I, uh, it was, it is, yeah. It's like it's like passionate, and that you know, it is to play for like heritage and stuff. Um, but oh, mate, I, I like cherished every jersey. Like my first playing for New Zealand for the first time was unreal. Like my first grade debut was unbelievable in that too. You know, so it's hard to put it on one, yeah. Mate, uh, two thousand and thirteen, you make the move to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I imagine. At some point, there must have been a first phone call to Michael Maguire. Tell me about that experience. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember going to meet him at Redfern. I had to, I had to go myself, and I was. I remember the manager was like asking if he's come with me. He's like, no, no, just go yourself. And I didn't didn't know what to do or anything. So I called I called Madge when I first got there, and I was like, oh, my mate, I'm out the front. I don't know where to go. And that's, but he he sort of he ran upstairs straight away and was out there in a flash. And maybe he walked me around the club and. I remember Adam Reynolds and Matt King being in, in the room and they came over chat to me and from that very start I sort of felt um, wanted in that and it was, it was a pretty nice thing so um, no, that was honestly one of the best moves I had to Mate, tell me about one guy I want to ask about at South Sydney, obviously uh, Greg Inglis uh, larger than life character I imagine as an outside backer yeah. guy you would have loved tell me your first experiences with GI Um. Oh, the first, the first, oh, I'd met him a few times, but just like around footy, and that you know, like you meet people at footy. But we went to eight, I just signed at South, and, that, and then I think I had Aiden Tolman's wedding on, so I don't think we'd started. And it was up up in Port Douglas, maybe it was up in Queensland. And he's good mate to GI. Um, the GI was up there too, and he, he came up to me and said hello, and he goes, Oh, I heard you just signed at South, and all that, you know. So had a good chat to him. I got to spend some time with him out there, which was pretty good. Um, yeah, and then like going back to training and that, like, I, it was good, mate. Like, he's probably, I have to say, he's the best player I've ever played with um, in my career, mate. He's just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, playing with Greg, count yourself pretty lucky. I only just spoke to him the other day. Um, he was in Warrington, I was speaking to Joe Clark and GI was there. He came and had a, said hello, and I spoke to him for a while. He seems to be doing real good over there. So, hopefully, he does really well over there, mate. He'll love it. Is there a moment in a training session or in a game where you sort of just sat back with GI and just sort of went like, wow? Like, obviously, was obviously you just said he's the best player you've played with. Was there a moment when playing with him as a teammate that you just went, holy shit, this bloke's unbelievable? Um, yeah, I, I think everyone remembers that try he scored up in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I was playing wing or centre then, but so on the field, he sort of just got the ball and then next minute he's beaten about six or seven guys. 
um, Israel got 80 metres and scored in the corner and just got up. I remember he just got up and sort of stood like that was nothing, you know. Um, and it was, that was unbelievable. But just seeing him at training, maybe he could just cruise through and then like whenever he wanted to turn it on, he would just turn it on um, and do whatever he wanted, you know. So you could, if, he did, if, he, if he didn't want to get tackled and that, he pretty much didn't get tackled. Was he much of a talker, you know, at you know before kickoff and at half time when you're standing behind the post after a try? Does he say too much out on the field? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, he doesn't say a hell of a lot, um, but there's more, more, uh, there's louder people out in the field than Greg, but when Greg talks, you listen, because um, he knows what he's talking about that, so... Like being a fullback, you'd be talking all the time and stuff. But I think also he just lead by his actions and um, like the aura that he has. Like boys just following him around and want to play good because you're playing with Greg Inglis. Mate, you mentioned uh, louder voices on the field, and obviously this is 2013. Mm-hmm. South Sydney, they're a year away from winning the premiership. Who are the main voices uh, out on the field for the Rabbitohs? John Sutton, for sure. Um, he's the first one that just comes to mind. Sutton like. The, he's like he's the leader of South Sydney over there. Um, so he he was the main voice I reckon uh, on that field. I think 2013 we had Croc Michael Crocker, but he was sort of from what I remember he was in and out. So it, it was it was um, definitely yeah John Sutton. You mentioned before talking about Greg Bird and Paul Gallen, guys that won't take a backward step. Obviously you were lucky enough to have <laughs> Sam Burgess oh, in yeah. this side, and this is a bloke that can't go backwards. I don't think. Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> he, was, he was a leader too. He was a loud voice out on the field. Um, if you had done it wrong, one of them two would definitely um, let you know. And you'd, you'd need to pick your game up. But mate, playing with Sam, like the best forward I've played with Sam, just tough as and just yeah, just never give up. And can, like you get players like that are tough as and never give up, but they're nowhere near as good as Sam was. Like you could actually play football as well. Like you just yeah, unreal. Mate, the 2013 season, I believe you you lose that last semi-final to Manly. I, I think they make a big comeback on you. And yeah. heading into the 2014 season, did it feel different? Uh, it, I, I don't know if it felt different. It was um, the team probably just had confidence, you know, just going into that year and then just, just got onto a roll and just, just sort of felt like you could never be stopped there that year. So, yeah, mate, it was, a, it was a good year for the club. Was there was there a certain game that you can pinpoint or a moment that you sort of thought, fuck, like, we're the real deal here? Uh, no, there was, I think mean, there's a period in the season where just you go into a game and you know that like, if we turn up and just play play good, we can't we can't lose. And when you got that feeling about you, mate, you know you're going to go pretty far. And it's, in a way, it's kind of cocky, but you know it's confidence as well. You know, so the boys were confident and the club was confident. So. And the results speak for himself. Mate, unfortunately, you don't get to play in that grand final yourself. Mm. But um, obviously that team, you're coming up against Canterbury, your old side. Uh, was there any insights or anything you, you were able to, to give the Rabbitohs? No, really. They were 
it was a different team from when I left. Um, and it was probably, yeah, the worst moment of my career. Not I, dirty like to this day that I didn't get to play like just within myself. I, I don't know what happened. I don't, do I get? I don't know if I got injured and I missed a few weeks and that, but um, yeah, it's I don't. Yeah, it's probably my worst memory of footy. Not not getting to play in that game and that's pretty, yeah. Mate, what's the week like for guys that aren't in that side? I mean, I mean, you you must be stoked for the team, but as you said, a, a hard week. I mean, going to all of the all of the media and and all that sort of stuff. It must be, I don't know how yeah. to describe it, but it can't be easy. Yeah, no, well, especially I think mean, I was on standby for the game, but because everyone there is your friend, you know, so you're not you're not dirty at anybody in the team or anything like. Like, and I'm not dirty at the coaching staff or anything, but. But just like like within myself, like everyone wants to be there and play, you know. Like Isaac, we missed out too. So you just got to do your best for the team, like um, just whatever you can, you know. So you know, like, you got to train like hard and just to prepare them good for the game. Uh, did you get yourself a ring, mate? Yeah, Madge gave me a ring. Um, it was nice, but uh, it it does mean something to me, but probably not as much as the, what the boys that have actually got it. Um, and played in the game does you know like I thought I was a part of it and part of that season but not like yeah it's a hard hard to sort of say like I appreciate the ring and everything and um, what it means because I feel I helped the team get there and stuff but to not play in the game and, and that was yeah, it's, it's, it's hard Mate I ran into uh, I ran into Ben Lowe the other day who was obviously in the same situation as you unfortunately and he said that um He's got his ring at home and he, he he dropped his young bloke off to a birthday party and then he got a call about half an hour later from the father of the kids whose birthday was and say, oh, you might want to come and get your premiership ring. ring. He's he's worn it to the party. Shit, he really? I don't, I don't even know. I think mine, I'm not sure where mine is actually, so the boys wouldn't be able to steal it anyway. I'm sure they'll take it when they're a bit older and find out where it is. <laughs> Mate, obviously, um, you know, the Rabbitohs hadn't won a premiership in so long. Um, those celebrations, they were like nothing I've ever seen before in the South Sydney area, out the front of South Juniors in Kingsford and everything. Were you able to enjoy the night for what it was after that? Oh, of course I was. I enjoyed the weekend. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the game. I was so happy for like, the club and everything. The celebrations and just seeing the whole community and everything was, um, was yeah, nothing like I've sort of seen before. And like, it was just like the the whole area had waited so long for it to happen again and then from being kicked out of the comp and coming back into the comp and then coming from all the way down the bottom back to the top, you know, it was um, it was it was good. And then to hopefully the, the boys will get there this year. I think they've got a good chance to repeat it this year and get that grand final. They've been close the last few years and they should, they've got a great chance this year if everyone stays fit. I'm pretty sure. I think if Latrell, to be honest, I think if Latrell stayed fit last year, they pretty They'd almost get. I reckon they beat Penrith in that semi-final. Mate, Latrell literally got cut down as soon as we were starting to see what he can actually do. Yeah, it was just getting exciting to see what Latrell was doing at the back end. Like he was sort of, you could see that Wayne Wayne knew he was a fullback, and and he got told told off every so-called expert out there that um, he wasn't a fullback and you got to move him. But mate, you seen what he was starting to be able to produce and tries that he was setting up all the runs he was making and the tries he was scoring and that and the efforts he was putting in in defense it was he was just starting to um like flourish at the back there so hopefully we see the best of him this year 
Mate, you play your last game for the South Sydney Rabbitohs at the back end of 2017. Uh, how did it come about that you had to leave? Oh, I got I got, I got offered a contract to stay there um, at South, but I just I don't, I don't know. I just I just had the deal in England and stuff, and it, it just seemed like a good time to uh, take up a chance to go play in England. It was just I don't know. I felt it was time to sort of move on, and um, uh, yeah, that's that's just the way it happened, and that was. My club were happy, happy for it, and you know, they're happy with me. I feel I'm always welcome back at the club and that too. So, um, yeah, but that's how it just came around. I had a contract here and that, but yeah, just chose to go to England. Uh, obviously, you joined Warrington. Uh, I believe at that point in time, Jason Clark was obviously there. Had you spoken to him? No, no, no Clark, he wasn't there. Oh, he, he hadn't uh, arrived yet. Nah. So, initially, what happened with me? I'd signed for. So I had a, I think Glenn Short was at Lee Centurions. Um, I grew up with Corey Patterson in Perth as well. Um, he was at Lee. Mitch Brown, like one of my good mates, was there as well at Lee, and they sort of called me and they they'd offer me a good deal and stuff to go over. And so I signed with Lee, and um, and what happened there? They they I was in bed. I still remember the day too. It was about eleven o'clock at night. I was watching Baywatch, the movie with The Rock. <laughs> I was sitting in bed and then. I got a, a mess, just a text message off him manager saying, "You're not a Lee anymore. You're going to play for Warrington." And I was like, "What the? What are you talking about?" Um, they had sold me to Warrington, um, and because they had the million pound gain coming up in about two weeks, so if they lost, they were not going to be in the um, Super League anymore. So luckily for me, um, yeah, they sold me to. They cashed in and sold me to Warrington, which was nothing against Lee, but. I didn't know anything about him then, and but because the time I had at Warrington, mate, was the best of my life. Yeah, I was going to say you've definitely had worse things happen to you. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. I remember ringing Sammy Burgess up and saying, "Sammy, like, what's the? Is Warrington's a good club and that?" And he goes, "Oh, mate, that honestly, that's the best move you're making, footy, bro." So he was right. And mate, I believe that first season you arrive over there, you go all the way to the grand final, don't you? And we played in the Challenge Cup final that first year. I think Warrington had a shocking year as well the year before. Like, they, were, they, were, they, were, they had a bad year for their standards. They were like missed out for semis and everything like that. So um, we had me come in. Steve Price came in, the coach. Sidor Akawola from Penrith had just signed. Um, Tyrone Roberts and Ben Murdoch-Masilla. And then Mitch Brown joined as well. So we had a, we had a whole heap of new boys come in. Without making it to... Um, uh, yeah, the Challenge Cup final in in London, like playing Wembley, and that were hot favourites for that. <laughs> we got somehow we lost that game. I don't know how, but and then um, yeah, played against Wigan in the Grand Final at Old Trafford, and like that was a that was a tough game that one, and like that loss there was easier to take than losing that Challenge Cup final, just because I thought we we like played our best, and that Wigan were just too good. And uh, one guy I want to ask you about that you've played with over there, obviously he's returning to the NRL, he's playing for the Warriors this year, is Ben Murdoch-Masilla. He's a guy that yeah. I'm really high on. I'm really excited <laughs> to see him come back. Tell me about him. Well, he, he's, uh, like you said, I'm excited to see him come back. Um, you see, I think a lot of people have seen what he does for Tonga uh, when he plays. and mate, He's just, um, he's strong, he's fast. He's so powerful, and that his uh, his leg speed for such a big guy, and he's and he's like um, his lateral movement, and that when he's got the ball is unreal. So he's definitely going to like turn some heads this year when he plays footy. Yeah. 
Where, uh, where where do you think the Warriors will play him? Do you think they'll play him as a middle or out on the edge? I feel from playing with uh, Murds, uh, I'd definitely play him on the edge. You might see his size and you might think, oh, he's, he's got to play in the middle, but not the way he runs the ball and not the way he can cut under a player, like um, come under a back towards the post and that. Like, he's, he's too damaging to play on the – and too damaging and too fast to play in the middle. And I believe, mate, while you're over there, uh, Blake Austin joins while you're there. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. And he, he hit the ground running over there, didn't he? Oh, mate, he's he was on absolute fire. He injured his ankle um, during the season. Um, I'm pretty sure he would have won the Man of Steel that, that year if he if he didn't hurt his ankle. He was on absolute fire over there. So he's a great bloke, Osto. That's like... That's another reason we loved England so much, uh, myself and the family, is because we became such close friends with, like, because he has young kids and everything as well, and we all live close. So, Jace Clark joined that year, uh, knowing him from South, and that so we all live really close to each other and would spend a lot of time together. They're our family sort of thing over there. So, mate, yeah, he was he was a, he's a good bloke on and off the field, Osto. Mate, how did it come about that you're going to return to the NRL? Uh, geez, you picked one hell of a season to come back, didn't you? <laughs> It was, um, yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. I just got a phone call, you know, and they just, cause I, I remember waking up one day and I seen me, it was all over the Twitter and social media that I was returning to South because GI just retired. Um, I woke up and I was like, what the, f- what's going on here? And I had like all these missed calls and everything and messages and I wake up in the morning and I was like, what the fuck? And then, um, I look at the Twitter and all that, and it's saying oh, I'm coming back to his house. And I was like, I'm not going. And then I had to go into training that day. And I was like, I don't know where this is where I come from because I haven't spoken to anyone. And then got a call off off someone from South, and they said, Oh, do you want to come back? We can make it happen. I reckon. I was like, Nah. I said, I said, Mate, I'm not moving back like right now. No way. Um, but I'm just having too much fun and enjoying the footy and committed to playing over here like for this season. And that I'm not going to let like the boys down in that. So. Um, I ended up staying, but it just sort of went from there. And then they said, well, do you want to come back next year? And it just sort of happened there. But I, I, I actually remember that day. It was a really surreal sort of, it was, it was all over there. It was, it was just like, it, it was gospel on, on that day one, to be honest with you. Oh, no, I just, I just, I have no idea what happened. And yeah, you know, I was just, just a, I think I remember me wife and friends in that, they were all up um, in Wales. And I was like, Jess, I said, have you seen, Twitter and everything. Everyone's saying I'm going back to. Everyone seems to know except me. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, but she's like, "What are you talking about?" And then she had a look, and then she's like, "Oh my gosh!" And mate, when you arrived back at South Sydney, had had much changed over those few years? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a new club. Like, I'm pretty sure that every time um, a new coach comes in, the club changes. So, um, one of the reasons I came back is I've never got to play under Wayne. Um, I'll be coached by him, you know, so um, it's a big, big thing for me. And then just, yeah, got, got, so I got the chance to come back, mate. It was a new club and it was still the same, like a lot of the same faces and that there with the older boys, like a few of the older boys now, um, but a lot of the younger kids and that. But I I loved it coming back, yeah. What was uh, what was your relationship with Wayne like, mate? Um, people tell me, obviously, a great, you know, coach football, but as a man manager... Uh, he just yep. seems to be able to do things that no one else can. Can you can you give me a bit of an insight into your experiences with Wayne? Uh, I got along with Wayne really well, you know. Um, 
You could probably just put it down. He's just a good bloke, mate. What what you see on the camera and what you what he how he treats his players and that is completely different, mate. He's a he's like a caring he's a real caring guy and he just all, all he expects is the best from you, like you try your hardest and, and the best from you and he I think he's really good at getting the best out of out of each player. He knows how to treat players differently and, um, to get the best out of them. And I don't think it's any secret. I think it's all been said before about him. But, mate, he's unreal. It's just, yeah. Mate, obviously, you know, this is season 2020 like no other yeah. season we've ever seen before. Um, you, you must have been <laughs> unbelievable to come back to this club. COVID happened. NRL is <laughs> up in the air. It's just chaotic. Did you, did you know where you stood? Mate, I didn't, and, and oh, it was—it was so hard. Eh? It was—it was—it was such a—it was, was so weird. It was weird for the whole world, mate. It was no one sort of knew. Like everyone's at home and just no idea what's going on. And we had to take it. Like people think you're getting paid, about, but that's the reason I had to leave South. So I, I just—I had to take a fifty percent pay cut. I could have got earned more just doing anything, like working the same hours. You know, like I just had no—I I couldn't afford it. And also had to, and then Cronulla sort of just come through and threw up a deal, and I pretty much had to take it. So um, it was just that just happened to be the. Well, if I think if I stayed at South, I would have played most of the season last year, maybe when like a few of the boys got hurt. So it's just the way things were. Like last year was just it was a crap year. I think it was pretty much a crap year for everybody, you know. So not just footy, just in, in general. Mate, are you aware uh, how many games you've played for South Sydney? Yeah, ninety nine. <laughs> Unbelievable! I'm sure one in there, there, Couldn't raise the bat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, I should have counted a charity shield. Surely, <laughs> mate. So obviously, um, <laughs> you know, it's a financial decision to make your way to Cronulla. You know, was was Wayne completely fine with that? Or I imagine he would have understood. Yeah, well, I had I had a long chat with Wayne. You know, like for a long time, and. He said, mate, if you were if you were the age you were, they would have told you to piss off, like go back in the train and shut up, you know, just get back on with it. So, um, like he was completely understanding of the whole situation. I, I didn't really want to leave, but it's just I had to do it, and then I had it. And Cronulla wanted me to come down and that, and had a chance down there, and so it's just the way it all happened. Like, like I said before, and like you said, it was a crazy, crazy time last year. So that's just what happened there. Mate, I imagine the opportunity to finish your career at the Cronulla Shark, where it all started, though, that must have been pretty special. It was nice, yeah. And, and the, all the boys down at Cronulla, mate, they're, they're unreal. I bumped into them all the other day, and they're all good blokes, mate. And I think, well, even the coaching staff and everything down there, they're doing a great thing. So <clears throat> I think they, the boys down, they did really well last year. So, um just, just hoping this year they can have a, like a good year and say injury free. I think also Johnny Morris he cuts a lot of flack as well. He's, he's always in the press and that, and don't know what for. I think with with the like, I think they're under salary cap restraints still, and like to get their boys into the finals last year and and that. I think he's done a great job, mate. He's made the final series two years in a row. Oh, mate, um, he has had to overcome. Yeah more than most coaches. You look at all the injuries they've had, like, Christ, yeah. they, they, they let Josh Morris leave and then Bronson Zeri get, gets done for drugs. Like, it's just been... It has been an absolute yeah. roller coaster for Johnny Morris. He's had every reason not to make the top eight and he's made it two from two. Yeah, he's made it two from two and he still gets blamed for a lot of things in that down there, which is... I think, um, honestly, I think it's uncalled for in that, but, well, I guess that's the rugby league world and 
in the life of an NRL coach, but hopefully Johnny does really good this year with the boys and that. Can I ask you, mate, obviously John Morris, a former player himself, uh, how do you think he's handled that uh, that change? I mean, it must be really difficult going from player, especially with a lot of those guys. Like, he played at the Sharks. It would have been guys like Wade Graham and stuff that he probably played a couple of games with here and there. It, it must be difficult for him. I think it would be, mate, but he's um, he's a tough character. And, like, I think it would be difficult on anyone when, like, reading things like, that in the paper and saying that you're going to lose your job or what, blah 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 and all that sort of stuff. But he seems to be getting through it and be able to to like move forward and that and get get the boys playing well and yeah. And also, I think it would be hard coaching people that you've played with. But I think they also all the older boys that he is coaching that he played with they they understand like understand it as well that they have to respect him as well that he's now the head coach and he's like he. You can't be their friend when you're head coach. Like you can be a friend, but you got to make tough decisions too, and it's not going to make everyone happy. So, mate, uh, before I let you go, is there any young guys uh, at the Sharks that you've seen over the last twelve months or so that you think could be a breakout player over the next year or two? Uh, the next year, mate. I think this because you got a lot of young boys there, mate. So you got Blake Braley. I think at, at nine, I think he's just going to keep getting better every year. He's he's a good player. He's a good kid too. So. I think he's going to be good, mate. And then you got Sione, the two wingers that go really well, Katara and uh, Ronaldo, who go both go really well. Um, yeah, I think maybe one that's not played a lot, probably Teague Wilton. He goes pretty good, um, big big second rower in that, and like, he's been playing the middle and stuff anyway. So I think I think he, if he was one that's not played a lot, would he's probably going to hopefully have a big year this year. Awesome, mate. I uh, I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's pretty late here tonight, so I appreciate that. Uh, congratulations on everything you've achieved throughout your career, mate. Uh, you know, 180 odd first grade games. You must be uh, pretty proud of yourself. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, pretty happy with the way things are going. I guess if you'd asked me, would you take this at the start uh, before I played a game? I'd say yes. So can't be disappointed with what's happened. Mate, I, I, I guess the, the day one dream from the kid, you know, playing for Guy Mir would have been to play one first grade game. Yeah, that's right, mate. And to go on and play all those games and play for New Zealand and everything, so it's just been it's been good. Mate, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. I'll uh I'll love you and leave you now. Thank you, mate. All right, cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 